This podcast is a member of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts and content creators, visit bio.link slash red5. It's Star Wars Podcast Day. Yes, it is. Everybody's doing a podcast for Star Wars Podcast Day. <clears throat> I need Don't let anybody have a Star Wars podcast. I'm sure they will. How odd is that? Well, they uh, gave us a microphone, and uh, we're going to do one, too. Over three years, and people are still listening to us? I, <laughs> I guess. Let's find out how many people are in the chat. Let's start rolling. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. What is up, Scuttlebutt Nation? Don't mind me. You were dancing. I like that. It, you know, you're scared of trap music gets me every time. Yes, yes. Uh, it's a good one. It's a good one. It is. Um, how you doing, brother? Live podcast are fun. <laughs> we are. Uh, I'm doing great. Funny content creators. Who made up Star Wars podcast day? Is that? Do we make that up? No, no, no. It's actually, um, <laughs> I think now they have, they've got over 180 podcasts and content creators participating on Star Wars Podcast Day. And uh, uh, Google it. Um, actually, February 7th, and I forgot the year, but it is commemorating the supposed first Star Wars podcast back in the day. Before there were even podcasts, but I think it was like a, an audio call-in show. Uh, you know what? Let's look it up because I think uh, because today is podcast day, uh, we should know this sort of thing, shouldn't we? Yeah. Did you ever uh, did you ever imagine podcast being a thing? Um, you know, it's interesting because. I don't know when the first time that I realized that podcast was a thing. Um, And obviously, you know, I, I, I always wanted to do a star Wars podcast, but drunk. We're (laughs) we're pretty close, I guess. Yeah. Sometimes uh, depending on how many times you mentioned uh, Ryan Johnson, (laughs) but um, let's see here. Star Wars podcast day. Um, let's see here. Uh, there, you know what? There's too many. Let's see. Fanta tracks has something. I mean, everybody's participating and, um, you know, should be a lot of fun. Everybody's doing it, but, uh, no, as far as podcasts, I mean, no, I, I, like I said, I don't remember when podcasts, when I, when I learned that podcasts were a thing, um, you know, before scare, if I did one, uh, just about collecting you know star wars things um but uh you know that i don't know then then we started talking about jfk yeah and then uh things happened i'm glad i got some some practice with uh dex's diner uh, you can uh <laughs> you can still find that folks if uh 
for those in the chat and those listening and watching, you can uh, still find Dex's Diner. It was uh, it was a short run, but uh, we we had a lot of fun there. Very nice. But, uh, well, it turns out you know Rose really good at editing and putting everything together. Uh, none of the three of us were. So uh, <laughs> sometimes we recorded and never even released the episode. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was really aggravating. So you've got uh, you've got some secret episodes in the vault somewhere. They're they're there somewhere. Oh yeah. wow! Probably on my computer that's still updating that you talk about all the time. <laughs> I, I knew I think it. They're actually on that computer, but uh, yeah, uh, it, it was fun though. We we uh, we had a little cult following at the time. Very nice, very nice. And now um, now with the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast, we are a cult. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That is too cool. Um, let's say hi to all the wonderful people in the chat. Happy Star Wars Podcast Day 2023. Um, I know you guys have been following that hashtag uh, throughout the, the last couple of uh, days leading up to this event. Um, and here we are, Roe yeah. and Brad talking Star Wars. You know, I'm glad, you know, we, we sometimes we sometimes we talk a little trash. Uh, I'm not going <laughs> to say competitors, but the other some of the other podcasters out there, but I'm sure. glad there is a, there's a podcast for everybody. Yeah. And uh, that, you know, that's, that's good. Like, you know, somebody gave a couple of schmucks like us a, a microphone and here we are. And uh, here we are. And uh, thank you to those who still listen to us after all these years. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm glad everybody's got something to listen to, you know, and, and, you know, there's a wide variety, so they can even listen to the, some of the folks that, uh, we don't particularly care for, but nothing but love today on <laughs> star Wars podcast day. Absolutely. You know, we, um, you, you still owe me an episode. Uh, we did, uh, that episode 10 things I, uh, hate about star Wars yeah. and we were, we, we wanted to switch the easy around. One. Yeah. The easy one. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I struggled with that one. I'm like, what, what, what things do I hate about star Wars? I don't know. Yeah. Half of them had to be tongue in cheek. Um, <laughs> yeah. But unless yeah, never mind. We're not going to talk about that <clears throat> episode eight. Um, but, uh, how is everybody in the chat? Welcome, 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 one and all. If you are finding us here for the first time, welcome to the Scare Scuttlebutt podcast. Um, we are your original hosts of uh, Scare back in uh, 2019. Um, but um, yeah, still, we the, still, still the butt to your scuttle after all these years. But, yep, absolutely. Wouldn't have it any other way, my friend. <laughs> Um, so, you know, speaking of star Wars, I wanted to ask you, um, are you, uh, are you currently up to date with all the star Wars programming? Um, uh, we got bad batch. Yeah. Uh, I have a couple episodes of bad batch to catch up on. Okay. Okay. Um, but besides that, I think, let's see what there, there was that one, uh, cartoon series that came out. Oh, um, Tales of the Jedi? No, yeah, I watched all of Tales of the Jedi, and I thought that was really good. I wish they were longer, and yeah. I wish there were more of them, but uh, caught up on that one. The one was like the uh, the alternate Vision. sort of. Visions? Yeah, the Visions. I, yeah. I never, I couldn't get into that, so. Yeah, I mean, that that was a different take on, on Star Wars, and I think that was the purpose of it. That was, uh, you know. Yeah, they, they made some cool toys and collectibles out of it, though. I don't know if you've seen You know, I did, yeah, I've seen them at Target, and some of them were pretty yeah. pricey, obviously, because I think they are like imports from Japan. Hey, we we gotta talk about we gotta talk about some. This is completely off. Well, we we go off topic all the time, but it, sure. Anyway, uh, you know my collecting's been down quite a bit lately. Like the prices. Oh of, yeah. Of figures, I can't. 
you know, you and I grew up when what, uh, you know, the, what were three and a quarter, whatever yeah, they are, right. are uh, were what maybe three dollars, four dollars if they were expensive, and now three ninety nine. Yeah, and now you look at twenty five dollars, sometimes thirty five for the like, deluxe I, black series. Yeah, I can't. You know, I've wasted a lot of money on a lot of stupid stuff, but I even I can't justify. You know, I'll be interested to see what the people in the chat say uh, or think on it, but sure. uh, I can't. I can't justify twenty five plus uh, on right. the toy. I've got so many along the walls anyway, as it is. I can't like that. That's a good deterrent from, from yeah. uh, spending any more money on that stuff. I'd, I'd rather go to, you know, like, uh, you know, antique shops or something like that and maybe find some old stuff. Absolutely. Uh, I can't justify the, the new stuff. Yeah. And the other controversy is that they're getting rid of the uh, plastic windows. So you don't know if you're buying a brick or an action figure. What? Yeah. They're doing I, away with the uh, with the plastic windows, so you can't even see what you're buying. It's just it's a box. Some of the newer I, um, action figures have uh, no windows on them, and that deter deters me even more. I hadn't heard that. That's really weird. Yeah, you know, I, I read uh, something about toy collecting a long time ago, and you know, I think we actually we we probably said this on uh, our collectibles, maybe with Steve Sansweet or. Uh, one of those where, you know, you I know you keep a lot of your stuff in the case. And yeah, I was always one to, you know, there's uh, an, an article that said it very well, that clear plastic was like a plastic coffin. And it was always like you were freeing them and bringing them to life out of the yeah. coffin. And uh, that's part of the experience. I couldn't imagine not being able to see the figures. Yeah, but, you know, I mean... One of the things, one of the reasons I love the the keep them keeping them in the box is because obviously you know the box themselves are are yeah. are, are art. You right. know, I mean, you've got the you got the description, obviously, the wonderful Star Wars logo, um, the information, um, but they're, I mean, it's it's gorgeous. Yeah. Now a lot of the black series uh, I'll keep in the box, but like the Funko Pops, uh, those are just white boxes. I mean, it's no, uh, they're, I, they're I, beautiful. I, I took my probe drawer out of the box. <laughs> I mean, uh, one of the reasons I told Rob to look for them in Michigan, they weren't available in Illinois, so I wanted to get a head start. Yeah. And um, I told him to get me three. One, I mean, I gave him one as a favor. Yeah. Thank you. But yeah, I, I have it out of the box too. But it's, you know, I, I, have, I still have the other box. I just couldn't throw it away. It's beautiful. Yeah. So it varies from toy to toy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, speaking of toys, do you have any uh, anything new in your collectibles um, stash? Uh, well, that you, yeah, I, I know it's been kind of difficult. You were saying because of pricings, but yeah, like, like I said, it's been uh, I've tapered off a little bit. But I want to. Uh, I think I may have shown a couple of these, or at least posted them on uh, Twitter. Uh, I just want to do a little show and tell with some of my favorite Sith figures, the uh, little statuettes. Oh, so we got the Darth Maul one there, which. Oh, that's beautiful. Look at that action. Is yeah. that what's the what's the company? This one is. Uh... Is that Gentle Giant? Uh, I don't know. There's that? there's the other one. The name was on there. I know. So Gentle Giant. This is, does... this is just the unleashed one from. Yeah, uh, there you go. That's from, the other one I was thinking. Yeah. Ago unleashed yeah uh, no i've i've got the boba fett unleashed this yeah i got uh also got the count dooku and yoda 
some clone troopers, uh, Aura Singh back in the yeah. day. But nice. uh, that was Darth Maul. And then my man, oh, Darth nice. Malgus. Yeah. Uh, now this one, he wasn't very cheap. But uh, this one, there we go. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Gentle Giant does really great work. Yep. Uh, 2011. Oh, this is all, all the way back from 2011. Looks heavy. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It's really great quality. Yeah. Uh, so Malgus. And then, of course, the man that we'll be talking about today. Jar Jar? <laughs> oh, nice. Palpatine. His head falls off sometimes, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like if I turn it over right now, it might be. And this is a, uh, yeah, it's made in China. That's no, no surprise there. Is that also a uh, unleashed? I haven't seen that uh, one before. No, he came. Crap, I don't remember. You know, it's been so long since I took him out of the box. Huh. Um, but yeah, his his robe is textured, and everything. But Very we nice. get to talk about the emperor today. We sure do, but uh, before that, you know, speaking of Return of the Jedi, um, I wanted to share with you something that one of our patrons sent me, um, and um, I was very surprised because it is vintage 1983 um, and still has the, ba the box on it. Nice. Our, um, our sister in the force, Belinda. One of Very our patrons cool. uh, here at the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. I'm supposed to be sending her stuff, and she's sending uh, me things. Look at that. Return of the Jedi, Darth Vader collector's case. She said she found it in her dad's place. And um, wow, look at that. Did, didn't know what to do with it. And I said, I know what to do with it. Um, and she was kind enough just to send it to me. No questions asked. That is a, that's amazing. That's, that's a, that's a good nice. piece, especially with the uh, packaging. Yeah, it's it's hard to find it. Like you'll find those in like the the toy shops, antique shops, but normally package Without. is long gone. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, that's really cool. So thank you so much for that, Belinda. Oh, and she uh, she also threw in some Star Wars pencils and a a Grogu Pez dispenser with some candy. Ooh. Very nice. Getting ready for the Mandalorian season three. I still need to watch the trailer. Oh, you should. Oh, you should. There's a lot of um, shooting and running and Grogu flying around, That'll stuff work. like that. I think you'll like it. Is he talking <laughs> yet? He better be talking. No. He's only 50. <laughs> <laughs> they grow up so slowly. They grow up so slowly. <laughs> but absolutely. So, um, Brad, I know, uh, was it last year that we had our little... Uh, tongue-in-cheek battle between The Empire Strikes Back, the greatest um, of the trilogy films, and uh, Return of the Jedi. I think, uh, was it last year? I think it was last year. I don't know. Time, like, time does fly for us. So that, that may have been in the, the year before. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it was. Yeah. but Go uh, back yeah. and listen to it. If you're in the chat, go back and Absolutely. listen to it. It was yeah. actually a good one. It was. It was a lot of fun. We had a lot of people come on um, and, uh, you know, defend uh, our like of either of the films and um, that was a lot of fun command station this is st321 code clearance blue we're starting our approach to deactivate the security shield security deflective shield will be deactivated when we have confirmation of your code transmission stand by 
you are clear to proceed. But um, yeah, you know, being anniversary, 40th anniversary, 40 years ago. We're old. Yes. Um, <laughs> the Return of the Jedi came out, part of the original trilogy, the third film in that series. It's uh, it's hard to fathom that it's been so long, and um, you know, we're still talking about uh, Star Wars. And there's just so much uh, that we are looking forward to. But, uh, man, Return of the Jedi. So, you know, I teased you. I said The Empire Strikes Back is the best one there. But uh, I know Return of the Jedi holds a special place in your heart. Tell me a little bit about why that is. Well, you know, you're, you get attached to the things that you, you know, see or, or come across first. And Return of the Jedi may may have not been the first one I ever saw, but it's the first one I ever remember seeing. Um, and uh, it was a, we also went to a drive-in movie theater. We saw it there. Oh, wow. And uh, yeah, you know, and it was the first one I ever remember seeing. And, you know, it just, you know, as a kid, you know, just like speaks to you. And uh, I just thought the movie had everything, um, you know, and for me, out of all the Star Wars movies, I think it has the most rewatchability. I love Empire Strikes Back, but I'm telling you, I usually fall asleep halfway through Empire Strikes Back. I hate to tell folks uh, <laughs> once once they're uh, cleaning off Minox in asteroids is about when I fall asleep. And I usually wake up just in time for, you know, a hand to get cut off and uh, in Cloud City. So just in time for the yeah, you famous line. But, uh, you know, I, you know, I just loved it start to finish. And, you know, is it the best? You know, we've talked about that, you know, best and favorite are two different things. You, know, you sure definitely argue that Empire is the best. Um, some have argued for other movies as well. Um, but, uh, so I don't, I'm not gonna say it's the best. I think it does have probably the best space battle out of all yeah. the movies, but, uh, yeah, it's always been my favorite. So celebrating 40 years, that's, that's crazy. I know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, the space battles were great. You know, I always remember watching the behind the scenes documentaries of, uh, return of the Jedi, the special effects. And back in the day, they were still using blue screen, not even green screen. It was uh, still blue screen uh, compositing shots, uh, you know, uh, on film. And uh, one of the things that uh, that I always remember is just the intriguing fact that, you know, the camera, you know, the motion control camera would go one pass and they'd have one ship and then the other one. But that that shot uh, towards the the third uh, act of Return of the Jedi, there were so many ships flying all over the place during that initial battle um that uh it, it was monument it was a monumental task to put together you know all those pieces yeah. of film um compositing that shot um there's one thing that i do remember if you guys uh if you old timers that are watching uh remember there are two tie fighters that cross the path of the millennium falcon and i remember i think it was ken ralston that said uh that we missed we missed a couple of tie fighters as far as masking them out so the shot goes by so fast and it's like a frame and a half, but you can see in some of the old prints that the TIE fighters, when they move across the Millennium Falcon, you can see their silhouette because they're supposed to be behind the oh. Falcon because the Falcon goes forward. Um, but they're not, they just, they miss those two, two frames. 
And uh, I remember him saying that it, it bugged the crap out of him. You know, finally, when they did the uh, special editions, they fixed all that stuff. But it's kind of uh, kind of intriguing that. Uh, oh, so he can't see it anymore. No, you, oh, I, mean, I was going to look for it. I mean, unless you have, you know, some of the yeah. older prints uh, on VHS or or even the laser discs, uh, I think you, you'll still see them. Did you uh, watch that ILM uh, miniseries that Disney Plus I certainly did. Um, And, you know, I have watched every behind the scenes ILM documentary there is. And it took me a while to kind of uh, latch on to that one because I'm like, what else can they say? Yeah. But all the interviews were were new just for this for this uh, project. And there, you know, after so many decades there, uh, there's still stuff to learn. I, I didn't realize there. I, I knew. I guess there was a little bit of drama. I didn't realize how yeah. much late with you know with uh, Dykstra, right, and, and all those guys. I, I didn't realize like it. And I think there's way more than even what that documentary is showing that that actually transpired there. Right. But uh, yeah, there was a lot of good information, especially especially talking about the original trilogy. Of course, they take it all the way up to present day and stuff yeah. like that. But I thought the best parts were about the the Holy Trinity. You know, and it's funny, I, I love the way they kind of structured the story. That first, uh, was it the first or second episode? They they really, they leave you with uh, almost like cliffhangers. Yeah. You know, ILM is setting up shop uh, in San Francisco. George Lucas is in the UK filming, and then he comes back, and uh, there has, they, they nothing's done been done. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, George Lucas is like, nothing's done and then they cut to credits i'm like they they, they structured the story very well yeah uh so here's a tangent on that we we were going to do an episode on that way i think we still i think we still should i think it warrants its own episode um just that miniseries but uh it seems like kathleen kennedy back in the day really helped structure things i know she gets a lot of flack these days you think she actually helped out the situation back in the day you know um as far as that goes, I, I would have to say, yes, I think, um, you know, you can't, you can't be, uh, in that position, um, you know, a, a producer, an executive producer, et cetera, et cetera. You can't be in that position for as long as she has and, and be useless. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, Spielberg's right-hand man, uh, you know, Lucas is, uh, you know, uh, executive assistant or whatever not executive assistant that has a wrong connotation but um yeah uh you know like i like you said i mean she gets a lot of flack nowadays you know i don't know what the story is um people can speculate all they want on their youtube channels but you know we're not employees of ilm or lucasfilm we don't know what the hell's going on really You may dispense with yeah. presences. So what are your first memories of Return of the Jedi then? Um, they are horrible. Horrible, <laughs> horrible memories, and I'll tell you why. And I, I think I've mentioned this on, on past shows, but um, the uh, the day that the Return of the Jedi released, um, I was uh, I had full intentions of going to the movie theater with, uh, with friends, but it happened to be on the day that uh, I had piano lessons. And uh, my mother said, no, you are going to go to piano lessons. And I said, damn it, mom. 
And uh, unfortunately, I did not get to see Return of the Jedi where I wanted to in the theater. Um, and that's probably why I hate piano to begin with now. <laughs> Um, I have I a scarred memory about that, but, um, yeah, it's, uh, that's, that's the first thing that I remember, uh, piano lessons and missing return of the Jedi kind of sucks, but, um, I eventually did see it and, uh, yeah, um, a great ending to a saga, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Now, did you, did you see, um, the first two in theater? I saw, so I didn't see the Empire Strikes Back in theater. I saw it on VHS. Okay. Um, I I did see uh, Star Wars in the theater because obviously it's why um, I am who I am. Um, but yes, the Empire Strikes Back. I remember buying that VHS in high school. You know, it was a whopping seventy nine ninety nine. That was a lot of money for for a kid back then um, for a VHS movie. So I remember watching it uh, just on a regular, on a small screen on VHS. Um, but yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Empire's has Empire always been your favorite? Empire definitely has always been my favorite. You know, I love the original trilogy, obviously, for, you know, each movie for different reasons. But uh, for me, yeah, Empire Strikes Back is, is my favorite. And, you know, a lot of people have their Star Wars rankings. Yeah. Um, we've done shows where we rank our, um, you know, all all nine movies plus you know the extra ones rogue one solo etc but i think for me um the empire strikes back stays at the position that it's at i don't really waver um i kind of don't understand how other people's rankings like change or shift i don't Uh, know if it's because i'm a virgo i'm kind of like loyal that way (laughs) Uh, i don't know um Mine shifts just a little bit, but you know, some of those, uh, you know, it's the top and the bottom that are solidified, right? You know, Return yeah. of the Jedi and Rogue One are sure. always one and two for me, and episode two, episode eight are always down the bottom for me. It's the middle that kind of shifts a little bit, and that you know, I judge a lot of on you know, rewatchability. I think it's you know, sometimes. Episode one is really cool to, to rewatch. So sometimes, sure. you know, one will move up and down. Three mm-hmm. will move up and down. Um, you know, I think three's gotten higher for me over, over the years. But, uh, yeah, the, the top two spots will never change. Yeah, I'm I'm the same. Uh, I'm the same with uh, Rogue One and Empire Strikes Back. Those are always going to be my top two. Um, and I think it's, uh, for me, it's not really rewatchability. I think it's... Um, I, I think it's the gravitas of the situation in that in the movies. Uh, you know, obviously Rogue One was pretty heavy. Um, you know the outcome, but it was uh, it was pretty dramatic. The Empire Strikes Back obviously has a certain weight to it to the storyline. Um, there's a lot at stake there, and I think that's the, one of the biggest reasons that I I, I really enjoy. Um, you know, I really enjoy Star Wars when it's serious. Uh, one of the biggest reasons I loved Andor because you know there was no cutesy, goofy humor. Um, yeah. and um, and I feel the same way about The Empire Strikes Back. And you know, obviously, The Empire Strikes Back has certain touch of humor here and there, laugh it up, fuzzball. But I think the other thing too is the way um, the actors present themselves. Uh, Harrison Ford has a certain um, way about him um, when he acts and reacts, you know, especially with uh, with Chewbacca. 
um, and the rest of the characters in, in that film. But um, it's uh, it's really wonderful. And I think, um, you know, Return of the Jedi has the, that aspect as well. Uh, but, um, I, you know, I, I totally enjoy the original trilogy. Yeah. Now, have you, uh, you know, we're, obviously we're going to get back to Return of the Jedi. Have you gotten a chance to watch Rogue One since you watched all of Andor? um parts because i i think i've started it um but i think i have been doing a rewatch of andor uh okay. that will probably lead me into a, a rewatch of rogue one yes and I, I i have heard um that it uh it gives you kind of a different feel after rogue one for sure yeah um i always forget his name but that you know the the one that wrote the the diary and uh you know i was so Namek, sad to see Namek. Yeah, and it was so sad that you know I didn't. He was my favorite character at the time, and to see him, you know, die that was that was harsh. But it, it's it's nice that he's the one that, uh, you know, kind of lit the fire. I was I was hoping that you know I was figuring that diary would come back. It was it was cool that you know that's yeah. what kind of lit the fire there within Andor. So yeah, absolutely. I, I think I wanted a little more from that diary situation. Yeah, I think it it, uh, it felt uh, a tiny bit rushed. Um, and I think the prison stuff was probably one episode too long for me. I agree. Yeah. I think, uh, I would have loved more with, uh, you know, with the, the plot that they had, you know, the heist. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the prison kind of drug on there. Um, and, uh, you know, it was cool to see Melshi there. Yeah. Um, that, that, that was really cool. But, um, yeah. you know, it would be nice that if, you know, cause they're what's their season two is already in the works. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, but you know, if they sort of had a little bit, maybe a little narration from his diary as yeah. you know, or somehow integrate that. And I hope it's not just, you know, we know he has it. I hope they continue to integrate that into right. the story. Yeah. Cause I think it goes along with the fabric of his character. Um, I mean, they certainly introduced that and they made a big deal about it uh, early on in, in the series. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, let's, let's get back to return of the Jedi, uh, 40 years of, uh, the, uh, final episode of the Skywalker saga. Um, I know there's some controversy there, but, um, that's, I think that's how we feel. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it, it's everything else is bonus after that. <laughs> I think the, the, you can say that this maybe the Star Wars story continues. I think the Skywalker saga ended with Return of the Jedi. If that makes sense, I. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I know we're, to, we're speechless when to, it comes to that. Yeah, right. To, right. To, taking somebody's name that that's not you know continuing the saga. Right. Uh, if they had just done it right and there actually was a lineage there, that that would have worked. Sure. Um, but I think the Skywalker saga is episodes one through six. Sure. Yeah. Um, what do you think about all the business of, uh, the chosen one? Um, as far as, uh, Luke and Anakin is concerned, especially at the end of return of the Jedi. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, we, we've done a, a couple of shows where we sort of talked about prophecies and, that sort of thing and looking into prophecies too much or overanalyzing prophecies. Uh, these days, in my, my opinion kind of changed. 
you and I, we're nerds. We think about this shit all the, <laughs> all time, the time. You know, so if I'm at work, especially when we're out on deployment, there's a lot of time to think out there. And th- this is the shit that goes <laughs> through my head. And, uh, you know, these days I'm, I'm kind of, uh, you know, there's different schools of thought on the chosen one. I'm, the, the one I'm kind of currently in, I guess, is it's a generational thing, you know, it, you know, because prophecies that were made in, you know, in, in this world you know, thousands of years ago, you could really apply those to every generation at least. Um, And it's hard to say, you know, it was referring to this thing exactly. And I I think it's the same thing. Um, You know, I think it was Anakin. Um, I think it was Luke. Sure. You know, and (laughs) I guess, I guess Ray. Um, (laughs) Uh, benefit of the doubt here, you know, nothing but love today on Star Wars podcast day. Um, but you know, I'm kind of, it's really, it's between Anakin and Luke. Sure. Put put it that way. Um, but I, I'm more into, it's a, it's a generational thing. And, uh, yeah. I mean that, you know, there's interviews out there where George Lucas says, yeah, Anakin was the chosen one period. <laughs> okay. Sure. I mean, <laughs> It's, it's, it's George's thing. So George is probably right. Um, Anakin murdered younglings and yeah, he, he did take out the one bad guy at the end of his life. Mm. I, and what the hell does it mean by balance the force and all that kind of good stuff? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, 40 uh, years you, you, you haven't gotten it yet. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, again, like, like you say all the time, that's why we're still talking about it. There, yeah. there is room for interpretation there. And, uh, you know, people in the chat will get pissed off. They, it's Anakin, you know, if, you know, if Salty's watching, you know, he'll, you know, he's very adamant, you know, it's Anakin. Sure. Yeah. That, that's it. And, you know, that's, I, I'm with you. But uh, considering all the bad things that Anakin did, uh, I hate to say that a chosen one, quote unquote, would do so many evil things. Sure. Like, like you did. But it's interesting, though. I mean, I was watching uh, this last episode of Bad Batch and uh, rewatching the trailer for uh, Mandalorian season three, you know, that's coming up soon. And, uh, you know, I, I was I was thinking about all the themes that Star Wars has. And I think one of the main themes um, is is family um, and, uh, you know, family and, and redemption. Um, you know, we, we I think in the past we have talked about re- redemption. Um, I think during the episode where we talked about the um, the legacy of the bad guy um but you know, redemption seems like it's a big deal in Star Wars, and I think it's a big deal in Star Wars because George Lucas, again, you know, taking, taking, um, you know, stories from the real world, and you know, we 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 talk about religion and redemption kind of going hand in hand, and I think that's one of the biggest reasons that these myths kind of work, um, especially in a galaxy far, far away. And it's one of the biggest reasons that we're still talking about it because, like you said, you know, there is room for interpretation. Um, and especially with these tales of, uh, of redemption and family and, uh, the drama that goes, uh, you know, t- towards each character, uh, father, son, a daughter, 
Um, it's all family. I mean, you strip away the lightsabers and the ships and the hyperdrive, and what do you got? It's, it's a story about a dysfunctional family that finds its way, um, you know, uh, back to the light. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you as far as family goes. And say what you will about you know, episode nine, you know, it being a, a mess. But one of the, my favorite parts of episode nine is where uh, Poe is talking to Lando. And he's like, how'd you do it? And he's like, we had each other. And, uh, yeah. you know, I think that I think that sums it up perfectly. And, uh, you know, it's just a ragtag, you know, a bunch of misfits. But they had each other. They all had their strengths and weaknesses, just like a family does. And they, you know, they utilize those uh, to the max extent possible. Uh, as far as redemption goes, you know, it's it's always been a difficult concept for me. Mm -hmm. I have a hard time wrapping my head around uh, how can one act, no matter how good it is, you know, make up for a lifetime of bad behavior right and in, in, in vader's case or anakin's case the worst behavior possible i mean mm -hmm. did, you know same thing with you know kylo ren you know like sometimes i think they take redemption too far in star wars yeah you know you're, you're talking about not just homicidal but genocidal sure maniacs and yeah they do one thing at the end does that make up? And maybe I just don't understand the concept of redemption, but, you know, I have a hard time with that. You know, I, you know, I'm, is it, did he do the right thing finally at the end? Yeah. Um, and, and that's another thing, you know, we're, you know, talking about that scene and why I love return of the Jedi so much. I think that throne room scene is still the most powerful scene in all of the movies and all nine plus the extra. I think that throne room scene from start to finish, from when Luke gets there to, you know, uh, you know, he takes the mask off. I think that is the most powerful Star Wars that there is. And, you know, one thing a lot of people like to bash the prequel trilogy, but, you know, it puts a whole new light on that scene there where you see Vader looking back and forth. You know, before the prequels, we would look at that scene and like, what's he thinking behind the mask? You know, you can't see. You know, you just see him looking down at Luke. You see him looking over at the Emperor. But you don't know what he's thinking. But now that we have the prequel trilogy there, you know, all of that from episodes one, two, and three, and now even the Clone Wars cartoon, you know, um, we know what's all the things that must be flooding Vader's mind at that time. So it adds so much depth to that scene. And, you know, his failure with Padme is the last thing that he thought of right before he made the decision to toss Palpatine over the side. And uh, I just think that's, you know, that's, you know, when he's, I think he's the one that keeps Luke actually from going to the dark side. I think Luke, yeah, was going to go to the dark side if not for Vader. Uh, I think Vader helped temper him to not go to the dark side. Um, you know, I think that was uh, him making sure that Luke did not fall to the dark side, I think was much more uh, an act of redemption than actually tossing the Emperor down the the reactor shaft there. Yeah, I, I think... Um... 
I think that is part of redemption. I think, you know, when, um, I guess, you know, religiously, when you talk about redemption, it's a, it's a deep, uh, remorse of the life that you used to lead. Um, and I think that is, uh, that is a big part of, of redemption, I think in the real world. And I, I, I kind of take it, you know, into the star Wars world. Um, and I know Vader and Kylo Ren have done these horrible, horrible things, but you're right. You know, the, the looking back and forth, what is he thinking? What is he feeling? Now we have a, a better clue of, of all that. Um, and, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting and I'm glad you brought up uh, rise of Skywalker because I, I really don't remember a lot of uh, what happened in that <laughs> yeah, movie. That's fair. <laughs> I probably remember less uh, things uh, from the that eighth one that I do the ninth one, but yeah, yeah. Happy Star Wars Day <laughs> podcast day. Because <laughs> they're scarred. Etched um, in your brain. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, leading up to uh, the throne room scene, as they as it's called. Um, I mean, you're right. It's that's some pretty powerful stuff. I mean, we have, you know, the the um, a really, you know, one of the final meetings between father and son. Um, and I was, um, I forgot what I, I, I was editing something, but I had to go into Return of the Jedi when, when we first see uh, Luke, when Luke is captured on Endor and is presenting, uh, is presented to Vader for the first time. Um, it's interesting because when they were dialoguing back and forth and he turns on, uh, Luke's lightsaber and Luke turns around and, and gives him his back and stuff. I mean that, uh, again, drawing from the information that we know from the prequels, um, it really does give you a, a different look into Vader as a character at that point. Because yeah. he's facing not just a a rebel general in Luke Skywalker, but his own son. Yeah, and I, I tell you what, that's one of those scenes that um, has become one of my favorite scenes in the movie, and a lot of people just, I think, glance over that that scene. Um, that is a very strong scene, and you know, calling him Anakin mm -hmm. when 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 he's not ready to hear that. Right. And uh, but basically he's admitting defeat at the same time. Vader's admitting defeat. There's there's nothing else he can do. And, uh, you know, I I trash talk Luke Skywalker all the time because I think he's a he's a whiner most of the time, uh, <laughs> like, like his daddy was. But, you know, the balls of that guy to, you know, he tried to Jedi mind trick his dad. He tried to Jedi mind trick Darth Vader. <laughs> when he says that's why you won't take me to go you know to your emperor now right are you kidding me like yeah. <laughs> he, he wasn't just trying to convince me he was you could see that he's trying to exert the force there he's trying to jedi mind trick his dad yeah uh yeah that ain't gonna happen but uh kudos to him for trying that and right. then after they see after they take luke away and it's just vader there by himself you can just see that as a defeated man you know he yeah. acts he projects this badass and i know that's why you love him so much he projects this badass you know uh wherever he goes but he's by himself you could just see it that that man is defeated there there's bar barely anything left there so that's that's a very strong scene 
It is a very strong scene. Um, let me ask you this. Do you think, okay, so Palpatine had plans. Um, he had plans to uh, supposedly jump uh, jump bodies, uh, his essence. Obviously, we see a little bit of that storyline in, um, what is that comic book, uh, Dark Empire? Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, Palpatine wanted to use Anakin. Anakin was pretty strong. I think being burned up on Mustafar kind of, uh, you know, threw a wrench in his plans because that really kind of uh, damaged his body. Um, what do you think would have happened if uh, if the battle on Mustafar hadn't uh, gone um, Obi-Wan Kenobi's way? And um, if uh, if Anakin would have been uh, triumphant during that battle and, and he wouldn't have gotten burned, what do you think would happen? Well, I wrote a great fan fiction on this back in 2006, if anyone wants to go read it. Oh. It's called My New Empire, and you can still find it on fanfiction.net. But anyway, it's still there. It still gets reads. I, I don't know how. But, um, you know, there's there's that there's that badass picture of Luke Skywalker sitting on Emperor Palpatine's throne. Mm. You've seen that one where you, you, they talked about alternate endings right. to that movie. And he just he looks menacing, actually, in that picture uh, sitting on the throne. Um, if yeah, Palpatine knew it, uh, if if he didn't. I mean, Palpatine, yeah, he always had, you can only have so many contingency plans. This guy has, you know, a thousand right. contingency plans, but you can't, you know, you can't have always enough. Um, yeah, he at he, least had 66 orders. Hey, at least 66, <laughs> unless the first 65 were just fast food orders. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, you know, I've, Anakin would have been way too powerful. Um, mm, yeah. And, you know, his, his rage from, you know, with Padme and stuff like that, especially depends on what happens with Padme and the kids and stuff like that. Um, but I think, uh, I mean, he may have already had the cloning thing down already, so maybe he could have gotten you know, reincarnated somehow. Sure. But I think uh, Anakin definitely would have destroyed him. And then you're talking about Anakin at the height, or Vader now, at the height of his powers, and if he knows the kids are there, he's going to well, raise those two. Sure. As as Sith. Yeah. You know, so it you know it it would have been a completely different storyline. Um, you think it would have been uh, even a more um, destructive empire if uh, Palpatine was out of the picture and Anakin was uninjured? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, they. There is, I mean, if, if nothing is holding Anakin back or Vader back, it's nothing but destruction. Uh, it's the same, you know, Obi-Wan, Anakin complained about it in episode two, but if, you know, had Obi-Wan not held him back and he was just left to his own devices, right? he would have been even worse than what he was. So I think he would have been, he would have gotten completely unhinged and with no physical, um, no physical injuries uh, right. to hold him back. Yeah. I think it would have been even bloodier and, and even more despotic than what the emperor, the empire was. You know, I'm usually not a proponent and I hear this question all the time. Oh, we should have a star Wars. What if um, I'm not into the star Wars? What if, but if they told a story about that, what if uh, Vader, 
you know, did that, I, I, I would be down for that. That would be a very interesting turn of events. Yeah. So, you know, I, I made a, I made a joke about that, uh, that fan fiction, but you know, my, my general theory there was now you have Anakin at the top of his game and now Padme's in this situation. It's assuming that she lives as well. Um, you know, she's in the situation where, uh, her husband is the leader of the, of the galaxy, but she knows he's a madman. So now she's got to walk this fine line of having those kids there and trying to do something about her husband. And like you said, it's all about family. And there would have been some, I think some war of the roses shit between <laughs> Padme and Anakin. Um, and I think she would have been the first rebel uh, you know, Padme, you know, she already mentioned it in episode three, you know, what if we're on the wrong side, mm. you know, so it was kind of taking that thought process forward. I think she would have fought against Vader and uh, she would have been the first, you know, first rebel. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Cool stuff. Um, you want to uh, talk about the elephant in the room? I'll never turn to the dark side. You did mention um, that uh, one of your favorite scenes in Return of the Jedi is that throne room scene um, where Vader and Anakin fight. Um, a lot of people have um, kind of claimed that uh, in that scene where um, Luke takes uh, his, okay. yeah, Luke takes the lightsaber and tosses it aside and tells Palpatine, uh, you know, I'm not going to kill my father. They uh, they basically say that that's the same exact thing that Luke did in uh, the Last Jedi, where uh, Ray gives him uh, his lightsaber and uh, he just uh, flings it uh, behind him. What do you think about that? You're not <laughs> happy thoughts. One, happy yeah, thoughts. Yeah, number one, I'm not gonna be able to convince. If if you already believe that, I'm not convincing you otherwise. If that if that's what you think, I'm not gonna be able to convince you otherwise. But I will say it's two entirely different things. Um, I don't just because someone tosses something doesn't mean that it's the same right motivation. It, it, it means, same motivation, it means the same thing. So in one in Return of the Jedi, he is doing the he's a warrior, but he's choosing the at that point the pacifist route in order to not go down the path towards the dark side. And he's willing to sacrifice himself instead of going to the dark side. Um, he did these, he did the same thing in episode five. It, Luke's almost a little bit too uh, predisposed to sacrifice himself. Um, you know, he, he did the same thing after he got his hand cut off and Vader says, join me. He, he jumps. He doesn't know where he's going to go when he jumps, but he jumps. Right. Uh, he just happened to make it down that, you know, garbage chute or whatever. But, you know, so in there, he's he's doing the right thing to not give in to the dark side. In The Last Jedi, he's, he's rejecting. He's rejecting a lot. Um, he's rejecting Ray. He's rejecting Ray's pleads for help. He's rejecting who he is. He's, you know, rejecting his responsibilities that he has uh, as a Jedi and as a potential mentor to Ray. So while one is about 
pacifism and self-sacrifice. The other one is just about, um, you know, denying who you are and refusing to help somebody that's in need. Those are two completely different things. He and tosses they're lightsaber. total opposites. Yeah. Right. Um, and not acting. He was not in the same headspace in the last Jedi as where his, as where he was in the return of the Jedi. So I no. if you believe that just because he tosses his lightsaber, then I'm not going to convince you otherwise, but it's ass nine to say the least. Yeah. If that's a, a lack, sorry. Uh, yeah. Nothing but happy thoughts. That's a lack of critical thinking skills. If you think those are the same thing. Yeah. Just, watch them again with you know we we have so much confirmation bias these days you know we watch these movies with what we want to think right yeah if you want to believe that you're going to see that but you know if you look at it objectively that's not what happened sure in those two cases yeah yeah well said well said but um yeah i mean what other um Let's see. Um, we should probably schedule a um, another Scarif Live uh, 40 years from now uh, to commemorate the uh, 40th anniversary of The Last Jedi. Bro, if we're still here in 40 years, we will do that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's uh, a lot right now. One thing I did want to talk about tonight, and I don't know if you remember all of these, is the deleted scenes do you remember any of the d- deleted scenes from return of the Jedi? i remember i remember two specifically and one i i will leave you to to describe it but the other one that i really was intrigued um to have seen was the uh the de- the snow the desert um the sandstorm when um you know after the destruction of jabba's sail barge and everybody's uh heading to uh to leave tatooine and um, I really, I don't know why, I really enjoyed that extra scene where they're all getting together and, you know, Luke is uh, heading off to his X-Wing and you have uh, Han and the gang, you know, saying goodbye and, you know, going into the Millennium Falcon. And there's a sandstorm that happens. I, I think that's pretty cool. It yeah. kind of reminded me of um, the, be- you know, towards the beginning of Close Encounters of the Third Kind where they're in the desert and they find these ships in the middle of the desert. Um, but um, yeah, I, I, I remember that one for sure. Um, yeah. And then the other one, I'll let yeah, you go. Uh, yeah. Uh, there, there's two that I think they, they should have definitely kept in the movie. And one was from the beginning of the movie. Um, this is where Luke is on Tatooine and uh, Vader is on the Death Star. And Vader's in his, uh, he's either in a Star Destroyer or already on the Death Star. And he's in his meditation chamber. And he's just basically mentally trolling Luke through the Force. And it's at the same time that Luke is building his lightsaber, his green lightsaber, in the cave. Right. And he's, you know, resisting his dad mentally while putting together his lightsaber. And then you see him put the lightsaber into R2. So, you know, that's going to be a thing later on. Right. I think they should have kept that in. And possibly the more provoking one was what they cut out of the space battle scene at the very end. Uh, there's a few scenes where they cut back to it and they're on the, it's uh, uh, the moth 
uh, Jared Gerard on, on Death Star. And they're talking about how this battle is going south. And they basically say, hey, uh, you've got the order to blow up Endor if this keeps going south. And the Moff is like, our people are still down there. There are Imperials on Endor. And they're like, doesn't matter. You've already got the order from the Emperor to blow it up if this keeps going. And uh, yeah, and it shows him like he's like, shit, what do I do? And I think he basically ends up resigning himself and, you know, succumbing to the peer pressure. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, that they should have kept that in. That was some thought provoking shit right there. And it shows you the extent that the empire will go for victory, whether ready and willing to sacrifice their own people for victory. And it kind of, that would have also lent some precedence to things that they talk about now, uh, like what happened in the battlefront series and the storyline where the emperor just, uh, what was that? Uh, whatever that operation was called cinder cinder. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, where he just, just destroyed all these planets. Yeah. It would have given, it would actually given some precedence to operation cinder. Right. And, uh, I think that would have been cool to leave in as well. Absolutely. You know, talking about thought provoking that, uh, scene in the cave where Luke is building his, uh, lightsaber. I think they, um, they, uh, they missed an opportunity there really to show, uh, Luke Skywalker's, um, I guess advanced ability to 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 concentrate to uh, you know he's like you said Vader is kind of trolling him, and he's resisting that he's he's at peace he's putting his uh, he's, he's putting the crystal and the lightsaber um, because you know as we know I think part of the lore of uh, building a lightsaber is uh, is something special to a Jedi, yeah. and I think the fact that he's doing it um, seemingly in a re- relaxed you know, way, uh, while, you know, the ultimate evil of the galaxy is kind of in your head shows you a little something about him as a character. I, I think they missed the, the opportunity there. Absolutely. You said it perfectly. Cause you know, putting the lightsaber together, if it goes wrong, the best outcome is it just doesn't work. Um, there are potentially much worse outcomes where this thing actually blows up in your face because you didn't put the, you know, the power emitter and the crystal together uh, properly and it, you know, can blow up right in your hands. Hey, and like you said, right. So to have that precision, you know, that, as you said, that's the, the, one of the pinnacles of becoming a Jedi is putting together. That's why Vader mentions it later on in the, in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's one of the pinnacles of becoming a Jedi is putting a lightsaber together. So like you said, to be able to do that while the worst Sith, well, second worst, Sith in the, in the galaxy is, you know, mentally, you know, barraging you. you. Right. Yeah, that's that says a lot about his his resolve. Yeah, and I think you know, back to that scene uh, on Endor when Vader looks down at uh, Luke's lightsaber and he's admiring the craftsmanship. I think that would have uh, added a little bit more weight to it because Vader knows, like, wow, okay, my son is pretty talented. Yep. So if they redid Return of the Jedi and got Disney, don't get any ideas. No, don't do it. Don't if, put that if out they, in the universe. If they redid, well, I guess the original trilogy in its entirety, do you think they would make Luke look more powerful than what we saw in the original trilogy? Uh, you know, um, probably. I, I think, uh, you know, what what do they say about hindsight 2020? Um, yeah. I think there's a lot of um avenues to explore 
um, uh, we just did uh, just that in the, in the last uh, 15 minutes. So, yeah. Yeah. People, people would say, oh, you can't even move a rock. Well, it's just because of special effects to, uh, back then. You know, it was, it right. was amazing to make it look like he was moving rocks and stuff like that. So yeah. give the guy some, some, some credit. credit. Give, him, give him a break. <laughs> Absolutely. But, yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, before we, uh, before we jet out of here at, uh, warp nine, that's the wrong franchise. Sorry about Whoa, that. Oh, easy, easy. Uh, well, it, it looks like you're wearing a Starfleet uniform. So I, I, I I'm a little I'm, distracted. I was doing it for you. This is your Chicago team. <laughs> <laughs> um, are there any weird, um, factoids, uh, for return of the Jedi that, that's something that you learned in the past that is always like stuck in your head, um, a behind the scenes fact or something that's like just odd to know about the movie. You would take me off guard on that. Uh, let's see. Something weird about Return of the Jedi. Something that you read in Starlog magazine back in the day or the Star Wars Insider. <laughs> Yeah, I Come used on. to read that. That thing, that magazine is trash now. I'm I'm just filibustering now. I'm trying to delay. Um, <laughs> is it still out? Starlog? I don't think Starlog exists anymore. No, I'm talking about Stars Insider. Oh, nothing. It's just trash. There is yeah, nothing. Well, to not, that, yeah, well, not yeah. The cover they rehash. Pretty... Yeah, they rehash and rehash and rehash yeah. and yeah. Oh god. Unless there's uh, something new, I you know I I don't get it. Yeah, I used to have a subscription to that. It's so bad. Um, let's see. While I think of something else, I will tell you that I've mentioned this before. The thing that's always pissed me off about Return of the Jedi is the change in Admiral Piet's rank insignia on his oh, chest. Right. He, he was, he was, uh, you know, took Admiral Ozzel's spot uh, as fleet admiral in Empire Strikes Back when he got choked out. Um, and you could see his ranking insignia got bigger in Empire Strikes Back, but then it went back down <laughs> to like the captain level, even though he's still an admiral. Yeah. Um, so that that still pisses me off. Um, well, a lot can happen in between movies. No, nah, well, I mean it could, but it didn't. They just <laughs> they just messed it up, and I wish they would special edition it just for PS. <laughs> just that's, for you. That's that's the only change I want is is yeah. that one. That's funny. But uh, yeah, uh, I'll probably think of something after we uh, <laughs> stop sign up. <laughs> yeah, but. Yeah. Uh, well, here I'll I'll I'll, uh, I'll give you a chance to think. Um, one of the things that I remember that I can never get out of my head, um, and it was in a Starlog magazine behind the scenes, Yuma, Arizona, the uh, Jabba the Hutt sail barge. It took a hundred thousand pounds of nails to build that set. Oh, and for the life of me, I will never forget that. Hmm. Yeah, uh, I guess one thing, uh, you know, the uh, about those same scenes is uh, Anthony Daniels. And when he talks about being on the sail barge and being in the C-3PO costume, he said the only time he ever felt claustrophobic inside the C-3PO costume is when um, salacious B. Crumb, uh, Jabba's Kowakian monkey lizard, was eating his... his, his uh, photoreceptor photo there you go his photoreceptor out and you know he's just a little puppa or whatever 
But uh, Anthony Daniels said he has no idea what came over him. He just had this anxiety attack. Wow. And as soon as they stopped shooting that scene and got the, the monkey lizard off of him, he freaked out and, he, and just like whipped off his uniform and said, you have to get this thing off me. Wow. And yes, yeah, so I don't know what it was about the uh, salacious yeah. B crumb on that one. But uh, yeah, really freaked out Anthony Daniels. Powerful performance by Mr. Crumb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Must have been. Wow. Yep. And Max Rebo lives. Max Rebo lives. That's true. That's true. We'll see him again, along he's, with Madam. Get his own series. Garza Whip. Very nice. <laughs> wow. So yeah, forty years of Return of the Jedi. Uh, 1983. Um, well, you know, I had some stats up here. Uh, it uh, was nominated for many Academy Awards back in the day. Best Art Direction, Best Original Score, Best Sound Effects Editing, Best Sound. And obviously the guys and gals over at Industrial Light and Magic always seem to get the Special Achievement Academy Award for Special Effects. Yeah. And um, absolutely well-deserved. Um, yeah. I dare say Episode 6 and Episode 3 have the best music out of yeah. all the, the movies. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, if you guys have not seen Return of the Jedi, spoiler alert, <laughs> whatever. If you have not seen Return of the Jedi and you made it this far in our show, what the hell, man? <laughs> How'd you even know what Star Wars podcast day was? Exactly. Exactly. Excellent. All right. Any final thoughts on Return of the Jedi? Brad's favorite Star War. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's, it's fun from start to finish. Um, you know, it's it's weird that uh, I'm, you say final thoughts. I could talk about Return of the Jedi forever, but it's it's. I know this probably pisses you off. the The Jabba scene is like forty minutes of the movie. Like yeah. it does. It seems like it should be short, but his palace in the sail bar just forty minutes of this movie. They spent a lot of time on Tatooine. Yeah, yeah. But doesn't matter. It was fun. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's got it's got Ewoks. I should have brought I should have brought my wicket over here. But <laughs> it's got the best characters in all the movies. Yub nub. Size matters not, am I right? That is true. Well, depends on who you ask. That's right. <laughs> I didn't ask. <laughs> Excellent. All right, folks. Everybody in the chat who has uh, joined us tonight on a special edition of Scarif Live. We usually have these on Saturdays, but uh, tonight uh, is uh, Star Wars Podcast Day 2023. Make sure to follow that hashtag. Um, there's a whole bunch of red fibers participating in Star Wars Podcast Day. Please uh, feel free to check them out, support them, hit the thumbs up, and uh, do all the likes and the uh, interactions. Uh, we love uh, hearing what you guys think. Um, yeah, a uh, couple of announcements. Just uh, remember, uh, we'd love to hear your voice. We have a Scarif hotline set up. 773-234-8659 or uh, yeah, just leave us a voicemail. We'd love to hear what you have to say here on the Scarif Citadel. Brad, you want to take it away? Yeah, and if you, if you have any Vader memorabilia, uh, I can receive them in Virginia as well. Uh, they don't all have to go to Chicago. Okay, so just <laughs> I know he likes Vader more than I do, but uh, anyway, happy Star Wars podcast day, everybody! Return of the Jedi is still the best Star Wars movie, and that, my friends, is the scuttlebutt. Talk to you folks later.